This is Tyler with Business in the Borough, where every business has a story and every story deserves to be heard. Now, throughout this podcast, we're going to be interviewing local businesses throughout Murfreesboro. But today, I've got a special treat for you guys. All the way from Pennsylvania, to you, he's Pat Lordi, to me, it's Dad, the one who inspired me to start my entrepreneurial journey. I grew up in, the, in a retail hardware store with my father, who was in the business for many years. Back in 1985, unfortunately, he passed away and left the business. I decided to take the business over based on my experiences with him learning through him as a young child growing up in the store, starting off as a floor sweeper and inventory clerk, learning the books, etc. It inspired me to really do my own thing. And yeah, it was quite a journey. It started with when he passed away running the hardware store. Unfortunately, after a year, my mother ended up selling the business and it left me with a crossroads of a decision to make. Do I go to work for somebody or do I take what I learned from my father and apply it to being an entrepreneur? And I decided the second, there we go. I I decided to become a uh, businessman and that's when it began. So you could say really being an entrepreneur is in our blood. It certainly was in mine. And I, I really didn't think I thought I would have a longer journey with him, with my father, but I never thought of myself doing anything different, to be honest. It's all I ever knew as a kid growing up, uh, listening to his business stories, watching him conduct business as a professional. And similar to your childhood, it was a win. It was better than any college course I ever took, for sure. (laughs) Definitely. College was pretty expensive. It was an expensive uh, hobby, you could say. Yeah, (laughs) I I felt that a couple times. (laughs) Talking about your dad, what was one of the the best stories that he told you that kind of impacted your decision? Some of the life lessons are really important. So what you go through in your life lessons as a child, through character moments, through teachings, oftentimes apply to business. So I remember my father always telling me when I was that 13-year-old doing his general ledgers and I knew what to do when I was giving him advice at 13 years old, he used to tell me to be quiet open my eyes and listen. And a lot of times we speak first and we don't really hear what people have to say or what their needs or concerns are before we speak. So I thought that was valuable. And obviously learning how to talk to people and the importance of customer relations and how my father uh, really dealt with his customers as the most important aspect of his business is really where I learned and, and applied it in my own. Yeah, and you can take that a long way for sure. Mom sold the business. What did you do next? Here we go. What do I do? Obviously, you go from a little bit of security to zero. And a lot of people that start a business oftentimes don't have guarantees. There's no recipe for 100% success. It's a crapshoot sometimes. And it certainly was for me as a 18-year-old. What do I do? So I decided to go out and hustle. And part of what I could do best is to go out and hustle. I started a company in the little bit different than a brick and mortar that my father had as a retail store. I decided to start a wholesale company selling to contractors, hardware supplies, construction supplies, et cetera. And I was running around in, in my own vehicle, just going to job sites and going to customers and selling for a living. And it worked out well. The construction industry is a little bit unstable. It's, it's unstable 
especially on the financial side, because unfortunately you might have somebody doing contracting work in one town and then the next day they're gone. So it was a little bit of a uh, eye-opener, right? But it really enabled me to get my start. And after a couple of years, I thought that there would be more for me. I decided to dive into a little bit of a different industry. That's when I went to rep for a company out of Maryland who was breaking into the New Jersey, Pennsylvania market, selling to apartment buildings, to property management. And within two months, I became their top salesperson, came off of salary, went to draw, and decided to do that for, for the next year. That's awesome. Now, talk to us about how you got to that level so quickly. Right? A lot of people take forever, especially they're, they're young and they have, they're trying to ramp up their sales skills. What kind of stood apart with you versus everyone else? How did you get to that level so quickly? The hard work, customer relations. I really didn't have, they didn't have a clientele base in the Pennsylvania market. So it was up to me to knock on doors and to use a, a high level of persistence to establish clients. There's obviously, they had a, a re reputation in the Maryland market that kind of carried them up into the Pennsylvania, New Jersey market. But that's when I really finalized that when you're still repping for somebody, you have, you're not a full entrepreneur, right? You're not, you're working for somebody versus working for yourself. And that's when I realized after 12 months of being their top salesperson that I wanted much more. So I advanced my sales rep mentality and started picking up different product lines. At the time, I still had my company, but I wasn't fully engulfed into the property manage management industry. After I left that company within a year, that's when I decided to go full scale on my own into the apartment industry with my connections, with very little resource, very little uh, finance, but decided to start the beginning process of growth. So when you do that, the risk obviously is dramatic. It's pretty, pretty high intense. But at the end of the day, I felt confidence in myself that I could go out and I could sell and I could build customer relationships. It was just a question of now I'm building my own part numbers and I'm starting to establish the beginning phases of my company with a little bit of experience that I had, certainly as a child growing up in the hardware business, but certainly into that property management industry. So as we started climbing 400,000, 500,000, 600,000, we started reinvesting into new inventory. We started to look at the way we were buying material, tried to buy things a little bit less expensive based on volume, looking at alternative product categories that may have been an option. So if you didn't want the best product in a certain category, we had a secondary option that was a little bit less expensive and a little bit less in quality. So not everybody wants the best, not everybody wants the, the worst. Right. So that certainly helped us get to that next tier. And we started to approach a million dollars and then I, I said to myself, geez, this, this is doable. We had the recipe, we had the customer base, we had really pushed to grow each customer, to gain an all-exclusive relationship with customers where they can rely on us for just about everything they need to purchase because of our dependability and our product, vast product offering that they didn't really need to shop with two or three different vendors. So that started to really increase our numbers and get to that, that first million dollar plateau. Once we hit it, I remember sitting in the office going, I, I can't believe I just did that. <laughs> what a great thrill. The problem is now you get to a million. Now you're wondering how to get to 1.5. Yeah. More right? money, more problems, right? Yeah, no, definitely. I'm sure that was an amazing feeling, but I don't obviously know it didn't end there. 
So what do you, what did you do? What did you decide to be like, okay, this is what we're going to do next to get to that next level? Push a little harder. Obviously we had our established relationships. We had our reputation. The foundation was built. The dependability and the industry reputation was there where I thought it was time to really amp up a little bit. And so we added a person, we had an additional employee. Again, we reinvested into additional inventory. We bought a second truck. We hired a second driver and that could really elevate our distribution, which certainly affects our numbers. So it was really a situation where we were ready to launch. And our goal was not to 1.5, but it was to get to 2 million. The other thing that happened was we started concentrating on companies that had maybe six, eight, 10, 12 properties. So we wanted to try and add at least one portfolio. We did that probably about maybe 15 years in, 12 to 15 years in, we added another portfolio. We were ready. We certainly would have been ready the first eight years, right. seven years, but we were ready and we added. And that certainly allowed us to jump over that 1.5 into that 1.8, almost $2 million uh, range. And now all of a sudden we had to ask ourselves, okay, part of what we need to do as entrepreneurs is assess our daily situation and what it is that we're uh, looking to do. Are we accomplishing our goals? Are we still staying within our principles that we establish and the foundation that we establish? And are we able to fulfill our customer needs to their expectations? And if we're not able to do that, do we continue to push forward or do we take a step backwards? Yeah. And fortunately, I was able to, again, ramp up, get ourselves in a situation where we're now handling $2 million. And then the question now becomes, okay, what's the next, what's the next step? And eventually what's going to happen is you're going to put people in positions to allow you to help you do that. Right? Can you rely on other people more than yourselves as an entrepreneur? My emphatic answer is no. But Definitely very hard. At the end of the day, if you can get mind-like people and you can get people that understand the importance of what the company's trying to do and how it's important to take care of clientele, then I think you're fine. So we had gotten over that $2 million hump. We went to a different, a uh, little bit larger facility and really tried to kind of balance all the challenges. Now, again, there's financial challenges. I've never used commercial credit, certainly didn't use it throughout this time. All of our inventory was always paid for. And one of the other factors too, is evaluating your finances. When entrepreneurs have a business, they oftentimes wear different hats. They're the salesperson, they're the inventory control expert, they're the warehouse manager, they're the accountant, right? Yeah. And so you have to really know what your company is tolerating on a daily basis and whether it's time to take that next step. And I felt it was time. Really the difference between us going from 2 million to 3 million was adding another portfolio, which we were able to do, which literally took us about a million dollars up in an uptick. Now all of a sudden we got a different set of problems. This is when you started to come into the picture after yeah. graduating with honors from college, now you come in and all of a sudden, now the company is going to continue to, to go upward because the foundation and the, the core principles didn't have to readjust, didn't have to be sold. They were already there when you came in and you just took the ball and, and ran with it. So it became a little bit easier to get over to that $3 million phase and sustain it, which is oftentimes the challenge where right. we can get there, but how do you sustain it to a level of satisfaction, both from the client 
and from the owner. So having that situation where you have uh, a lot of different options today in regards to marketing, hiring a company like yours to create a website, which you did a great job doing for my company, other ways that you can innovate and create opportunities to get in front of customers is a positive. But in my personal opinion, I don't think anything beats that personal one-on-one relationship with a customer, knowing personally what they want, when they want to have it, how they want to have it, having the ability to be able to negotiate. Definitely. At the end of the day, people buy from people, right? People buy from people and having that connection allows you to give them exactly what they need, right? Allows you to upsell your products and services. It just allows you to build that relationship. So that's what's awesome about having a local community business. But I knew you had a lot of insight on that with the way you've built your business. So that's awesome. And let's talk about some other ways too. I know trade shows were really big in the apartment industry and we went all the time to these trade shows. So let's talk about the different unique strategies that we did, the different nuances, and then some relationships built along the way through that. Yeah. So that it's a great opportunity to certainly get in front of the industry, present uh, brand new relationships or new opportunities. A lot of times what we would do is we'd create a promotional flyer for that particular show, create maybe some new product introductory opportunities. One of my reps would be able to display a brand new drain cleaning machine that may just come into the industry. But one of the greatest things that happened to me at a trade show happened in my early years of being a business. And that was one of my long lasting biggest customers had a portfolio. We sold about 15 of their properties. We used to give out soft pretzels to everybody. And we'd see the person that got one and the person would take 10, (laughs) right? Listen, Um, these guys were hungry. (laughs) Right. And and that's okay because you never know those 10 pretzels could be worth, you know, $50,000 sales someday. Right. right. But um, one of the owners of, of this particular company who I knew back when I was a rep, he came to the show with his daughter. And a lot of times the owners, the big boys of these companies would come later on in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. So when everybody was packing up to go home or to get to the, the after trade show party, I stayed till the very last second. And I happened to run into this owner who was with his daughter. And I asked his daughter if she would like a soft pretzel. And uh, she, she said, yes. Uh, so I gave her a soft pretzel and I asked her, if she liked mustard on the pretzel, which kind. So we'd have yellow, we'd have honey mustard, we've had golden hot spicy mustard. And so she said, I'll take uh, honey mustard. So I put it on the pretzel for her. Well, the owner was extremely impressed with that time that I was able to spend or offered to spend with his daughter. We ended up being a 35-year relationship customer. Uh, I'm not sure if it was just because of the soft pretzel, (laughs) But at the end of the day, I think that- I'd like to think so. It'll be the, the best pretzel I ever bought, right? Right, right. But um, it just shows you that if you're genuine, if you show um, the human side of this instead of the financial side, that that goes a long way. Definitely, definitely. Yeah, talk about ROI. I, I always felt that if I could reach out, certainly one, the trade show was to keep the core clientele attached. So you're representing your ability to show face that you're a legitimate company, you're in it, you're in the game with everybody else. But more importantly, I always wanted to come away with a handful of perspective, what I thought were serious inquiries and maybe gain a customer or two, right? It's the percentages. If you can drum up a hundred people, you might get, you know, 1%, 2%. It has a lot to do with relationships yep. and your ability to have fun and show a personal side 
that a lot of people fail at when they own a business. People think that they form a business and people are just going to buy from the product or it's from the brick and mortar. That's not who runs the business successfully. It's the people inside. It's the ownership. It's the rest of the people, right? So yeah, there's certainly some opportunities. I love that. Yeah. So a lot lot of organic growth, a lot of boots on the ground, Mm -hmm. a lot of just you know, old school methods. And some of them are, if not all of them are still very valid today and really shouldn't be forgotten about. They should be in mix with a digital strategy, so to speak. Now, anyone listening out here, whether they're starting out or maybe they're struggling to scale, what's like the best advice you have for them? I think the, again, first and foremost, you have to know your industry and know your core values within your business, right? Believe what it is that you're doing and the the service that you're providing is of extreme value, whatever that product or service might be, that you do it to the fullest extent of your ability. If you do that, certainly that's how we can lay our head on the, the pillow and go to sleep at night. If you can't do that or need to do it in different facets, then you need to obviously look at personnel to do that. Being an expert in your industry is probably the biggest thing. Because there's always somebody that knows something more than you or knows something different. Yeah, that's huge. That's definitely huge. And I think uh, a lot of people can learn from that. They want, they want the, the fast returns. They want the big businesses quickly. But there's a lot of sweat equity you got you to put in. And, and you could get lucky. You know, there, there are situations where, you know, you never know. You could buy a stock and it could split tomorrow. And all of a sudden, you're twice as wealthy, right? But right. at the end of the day, most businesses fail in the first seven years. Right. And, and that's not because it it could be today, but it's not because of, maybe it's not because of finance. Maybe it's not because of lack of trying, but, um, if you know your industry and you try to do things better than everybody else, especially in a local situation where there is maybe a couple different businesses that are about the same in, in, in offering, just be better than them. Make it a conscious effort that you're going to be the first one in the building and the last one to leave. That's what I did for, for 35, 40 years. Um, I was always the first in and the last out. Um, Michael Jordan was always the first in the gym, last one to leave. When everybody was home, he was shooting free throws, yep. right? There's a reason why he was one of the greatest players in the world. Absolutely. So I, that's probably the biggest thing. That being said, if you work hard, nothing says that you can't reap the benefits and be a little bit different later on in your career. I chose to be a hard worker all the time. And that's the way I was patterned. That's the way I was taught. I don't know that I could have changed even if I wanted to, because I just knew head down and grind it out. But you know that there might be some different ways to do it for different businesses. In my industry, I needed to be there all the time for my customers, not because I had to, but because I wanted to. Yeah, a lot to learn and and to think about when you know someone's starting a business or maybe if they're stuck, like why are we not growing like we should? Yeah. Maybe go back to more traditional methods. Maybe maybe you got to work harder. Maybe you got to stay later. And, and that could too be economical reasons, right? If your industry is in, a, in, in an econ- economic turn, maybe it's in an educational turn, uh, maybe it's in an innovation turn, whatever the situation right. is, adaptability and flexibility is important. Because I know one way of, of having a customer relation, if that kind of shifts a little bit and I don't shift with it and adapt with it, then I could pay the price for that. Um, so having the flexibility to say, okay, I know this, but I can also consider this or something different if that comes to, to be yeah. into play. And that, that's important too. Yeah, definitely. Started a business as, what were you, like 19, 20 years old? Uh, almost 18 years old. 18 years old. 
Um, we won't tell everyone how old you are now, but we'll just say maybe like mid fifties or so where you were, <laughs> you were able to sell the business. What's next for you? Trying to enjoy some of the fruits of the labor. Um, when I sold the company, uh, we sold May 1st. Um, I never thought I'd ever be in a situation where I'd have the opportunity to do it. Um, I decided that it was time. It was a family decision. It wasn't just my decision. It was, um, it was a family decision as well. And once we made that decision, I said, I want to take a year to figure out what I want to do. Fortunately, I was able to become a self-made millionaire from the sale uh, through the hard work. But at the end of the day, I don't need to go to work for somebody else. If I choose to do it, I will. If I choose not to do it, I won't. I can pretty much do what I want to do, when I want to do it, how I want to do it, which is pretty unique. That's the dream, right? I, I, right. Unless I'm living in my mom's basement, right? <laughs> That's pretty, pretty unique to be able to do that because of everything that you did prior. And that's the whole thing. I never borrowed a penny from anybody. I never had help from anybody. I started from zero and I ended up different than that. At the end of the day, from an ego perspective, if I threw this into an ego conversation, what much more could you ask for? Yeah. Right. You accomplished that. A good friend of mine said it. He goes, you went from A to Z and you're, you're reaping all the benefits from it. And there, there's some truth to that. There's parts of it. There's vacancy, Right. So when you're used to doing all this and then you're no longer doing it, there's some challenges. There's some, some roller coasters, some ebbs and flows. For sure. But um, I'm fortunate that I've got a great family. I've got a great supporting uh, wife. And I, I, as much as I miss it sometimes, uh, I'm able to, to know that I finished on top, which again is a nice situation. Absolutely. Well, I'm so happy you were able to fly down here and tell your story. I'm so glad you guys got to listen and hear the, the ins and outs and the journey behind it all. So thanks for coming out. Appreciate it. Best of luck. Thank you. Thank you. Again, this is a very special episode. Next time, we'll be talking about businesses all throughout the local community. See you soon.